This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. When I look at social media and I see people making misinformed or downright moronic connections between America's past and the world we live in today, I sometimes imagine the head of today's guest exploding with rage and disbelief. Ken Burns is the preeminent documentary filmmaker working in American history. His incredible work has spanned topics from the Civil War to baseball to Muhammad Ali. And his latest work is a two-part series on Benjamin Franklin that comes out April 4th and 5th on PBS and their streaming platforms. I got a sneak peek at it and not at all a shocker. It's freaking great. So please welcome Mr. Ken Burns. Ken, how Thank are you. you? Thank you. I'm okay, but I am. My head is exploding at, yeah. at, at, at the situation you described. <laughs> I could just imagine. I'm. I'm a history fan. I would not call myself an expert. And sometimes I'm like, wait, that is not at all what that meant or what yeah. that was. So I can imagine someone as yourself. Two things I, I, I brought up in a conversation yesterday that I think are relevant. First of all, social media isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Full stop, right? It's not. And if you need proof of that, just go into a room of teenagers who yeah. are together, but are not together because they're all on their individual devices. And let's not blame it on teenagers. Let's go into a room of adults or let's walk down a city block and see how many people are buried, you know, myself included in that. The other thing I would point out is that the web, which is the source of all of this, in nature, a web is a trap. Mm. You get stuck in it and then you get killed. So while I do have a Twitter account, I've never been on Twitter. And I have a friend who periodically says, do you want to tweet something about that? And I write it on an email or a text and Uh I don't have a Facebook page. And I still, you know, enjoy pictures of my grandchildren and I don't need that. And we did perfectly well without it. And I think we see the poisonous, pernicious effects of the ability of the anonymity of it for anybody to spread the most malicious rumors. You know, people who have been like that throughout history, this is not uncommon to spread lies, but the fact that it multiplies exponentially greater in the web. And so that the old dicta, whatever somebody said that, that, you know, you know, a lie goes around the world three times before the truth gets started. It's, it's extraordinarily frustrating because we spend a lot of time making sure we're right. And we, you know, we go to great expense to open up a film when we find out some little tiny thing we missed or that a new scholar has found something else new. And none of that bothers any of these, um, these malicious gospel gossip mongers. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible. And I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm like, am I just crazy or what? You know, <laughs> I, I can't just imagine, but you know, the power of the written word, uh, obviously dovetails incredibly well into the subject of your new film, yes. uh, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, if, if, if anyone knew the power of the written word, it, it was this guy. 
Um, what, how do you have this knack for, uh, you know, you're working on so many projects. How do you have this knack for, for dropping these films? They feel like they're always at the right moment. <laughs> how do you do it's, that? It's completely accidental, but you know, it is every film that I've made has had that kind of, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. We're talking about now. And, and that goes to the fact, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but as Mark Twain is supposed to have said, it rhymes, you know? Yeah. And so it, that just means that human nature doesn't change and that human nature superimposes itself on the random, uh, you know, just like there've been liars for as long as there have been human beings and there right. have been people who've struggled to tell the truth for as long as there have been human beings. And so all of that's going to play out. What's so great about dealing with the past is that it gives you at least a relatively neutral spot, your initial question notwithstanding, where we can adjudicate some of this. And, and I've enjoyed a kind of across the aisle support for the work that I've done because they are meticulously researched and because I'm not putting my thumb or advocating a particular political point of view about today. But there is a kind of, um, I don't want to say shame or awkwardness or embarrassment. There's just a sense that it's resonating whatever the topic is with what I do today. And so yeah. Benjamin Franklin is an amazing figure. He's as compelling a personality as Muhammad Ali, the subject of my last film. They were both born on the same day. He's the most important diplomat in all of American history. Know him, know us. Um, he is this world-class scientist on the level of Isaac Newton. He's on the $100 bill, not for you know anything other than the fact that he represents American striving, this runaway kid who, who, who makes himself into a, a very rich man. But he also goes against that kind of libertarian stuff by sharing his patent. He doesn't, he doesn't take out patents on his many inventions. He, he feels their gifts to mankind. So that kind of skews you a little bit. He's funny, you know, yeah. in the way that our other founding fathers don't seem to be. <laughs> um, he's, he's got appetites. He's got failings. They're big failings. He's, he owns other human beings for a while. He enslaves uh, in his household, five, six, seven yeah. human beings. Um, he's 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 into all these virtues, and he's trying. He knows how flawed he is, and he is responsible for the central compromises that created our constitution, our country. And at the same time, we look back at with Black Lives Matter and all the difficulties uh, in our history. And wonder, you know, you have to ask a, a, an essential question about that compromise that kept the Southern states involved, but made their enslaved human beings three-fifths of a person only for the purposes of apportionment, not for anything else, no other rights, mm. you know, and so... Women were left out too. There's, yeah. of course, the great tragedy of the systematic, the beginning or the, the, the continuation of the systematic dispossession of Native peoples of their land. But, but all in all, you just kind of look at him and go, man, we came out of nowhere. This is an amazing, <laughs> but you know, in the, in the end of the 18th century, if anyone on the European continent or anywhere else in the world had heard of an American, the only American they'd ever heard of was Benjamin Franklin. And he'd yet to get into politics. He'd yet to get into to sort of, uh, you know, elected office. He'd been in public service his entire life because he always felt that there was a civic dimension to your own striving, which is something that we've disassociated now from our uh, conversation. You're either you're making as much as I can for me. Yeah. And then maybe later on, some pang of conscience says, well, I'm going to sign the pledge and give it away, sort of. Or, you know, you're all involved in altruistic 
enterprises. And he tells you, you can do it both, but you have to have an equally civic minded thing. He's the first one. And then I'll shut up. He's the first one who invents the idea of an American. He's a postmaster. He controlled social media, right? He was a printer. He was a newspaper publisher. He was a publisher. He printed money. He printed, um, you know, the acts of government and he delivered the mail, you know? So he was the one who controlled all that, the, whatever the equivalent of the web was then. So he was very aware that Georgians might have different wants than people from New Hampshire. And yet he understood that they all shared something in common. And that 20 years before our revolution, he proposed the what was called the Albany Plan of Union, in which he drew this famous drawing of a cut up snake and it, and the slogan, join or die. And people right. thought then it was way too radical. But 20 years later, that image and that slogan gets adopted by the revolution and then readopted by various groups left and right over the course of our history to remind us of the power of union. And the idea that we could see ourselves not as independent states, but as bound in common interest to each other. The only reason why the United States is, that's ungrammatical, is the, the greatest country on earth is because of that willingness to put our oars in the water and pull in the same direction. And the great enemy of that is the hyper-individualism, the hyper-selfishness of all of the media today that says, no, 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 it's all about you. It's yeah. what you wear, it's what you buy, it's what you look like, it's, it's this, and nothing about civics, nothing about working together for the common good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, watching, watching this film, there's so many, so many aspects of his life that you're just, you just can't believe. Yeah, it's- and uh, also just, I mean, one thing that you touched on that we started talking about is just his endless curiosity to yes. find things out. I feel yeah. like that. I feel like that's evaporating before our eyes. Like no, no, no. We're, 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 you know, the, you know, we always people say that the opposite of faith is doubt. No, the opposite of faith is certainty. Right. And so <laughs> doubt is actually a hugely important component of faith. And so when when Thomas Jefferson and the other founders, all of them hugely curious about everything, when they go out and they say life, liberty and not property, but the pursuit of happiness, they mean lifelong learning. That's happiness. Mm lifelong learning in a free society and that it actually the key word there is pursuit it's something you're meant to try nobody achieves the perfection you know we're just like a more perf a more perfect union means it's it's all about process and now we've abandoned process for results everything's transactional right right and not transformational and life we don't we don't have much time here we're given yeah. a very short time and nobody gets out of here alive but it's meant to be transformational. I am meant to grow and develop. And that's what the creation of the United States was by all of those people, slave owners and not. They were coming together and say, yes, we can trust people to govern themselves and to be interested in a common wealth. You know, there are actually only 46 states. There are four commonwealths, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Kentucky. And that's the key to our success. Whenever we do that, there's nothing wrong. I, I like to say that I make films about the U.S., but also about us. And what you realize is there, there's only us and there's no them. And if anybody tells you you're them, run away because they're trying to establish a false uh, dynamic, a false right. dialectic, a false binary yes, no thing that only exists in code. 
and in a superficial media stuff, right, good right. or bad, black or white, red state, blue state, you know, rich, poor, gay, straight, none of that stuff matters. Um, you know, what, what you touched upon too, is that he's, he's far from a, uh, what we would, we would hope to be a, a perfect guy. We, we want to, you know, we want to hold him up as this pillar yeah. of like everything you want to be. But as you said, he, um, he, he ran ads for slaves in his yeah. newspaper. Yeah. So, you know, when you're looking at someone like him and other, obviously other people that you've profiled, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the past? There seems like there's a knee jerk reaction, uh, for today for people to kind of say, to find those terrible things about a person. And then, you know, the lack of a cancel culture, but to say, yeah. but they're gone. Like they, they're gone. So. They're gone. Yeah. Well, that's the problem here. And we, yeah. and then we feel lonely. We feel bereft of, uh, of ideals and heroes. And, and we have to go back and remember that a hero was never perfect. The Greeks were telling us that here are these imperfect people. Achilles had his heel and his hubris to match his great powers. And that we as mere mortals have to watch the operations of the God because we have in us the, the modest version of that. And so we're just, dis- we're, we're so easy to dispense with somebody when we discover, aha, you did this, right. either in history or in the current moment. It's much more difficult to sit in that, those contradictions because we have them um, than it is, and to ex- not accept them, but to try, as Benjamin Franklin would say, to improve on them, to get better. He did enslave people, but he also became an abolitionist and proposed in the United States Congress the first attempt to outlaw slavery. He was completely ignored in the Senate and voted down in the House, but he tried. And so this is what we have to do. We're too static right now. Everything is frozen uh, because of this um, this kind of... you know, interest in ourselves in, in the, in the transactional rather than the transformation. So I think what you do is you just look at them. I have stone. The great journalist was once asked by, um, by one of his uh, acolytes, why he could possibly admire Thomas Jefferson who owned other human beings. And he looked at him and he said, because history is tragedy, it's not melodrama Mm. by which I think he meant that, you know, in melodrama, all heroes are perfectly virtuous and all villains are perfectly villainous and nothing in life is like that. Nothing. And so we just have to get over ourselves, you know, and, and, and really just say, look, we're going to tell you a story and it's always got undertow. My first film was a history of the Brooklyn bridge, right? A great story, epic achievement. I walked over it this morning. I do it every day that I can when I'm in the city. And you know what? At the heart of the story was wire fraud, you know, corrupt political officials, including Boss Tweed, people making money off this, people making money off that, and other good people trying to, you know, overcome it. It's just everywhere, and you're never going to find a perfect thing. And if you wait for it, the loneliness that will attend you is devastating. And so we become susceptible to these easy things. Well, right. we know this conspiracy or that conspiracy, right. we believe that. And then all of a sudden facts be gone. I mean, you know what, how, te- how contemporary is, is the Benjamin Franklin because it deals with inoculation. He was a proponent of inoculation of smallpox. He had a little son, Frankie pride and joy of his life who was sick with a cold. And so he thought he'd hold off 
until he was over the cold before he inoculated him against smallpox because inoculation was a big hit to your system. It made you a little bit sick rather than completely sick. But Frankie caught smallpox before he recovered from call and died, and he never forgave himself. And he, as a leading proponent of it, and as a newspaper publisher, he had to talk about his loss over and over and over again. It is just a stunning tragedy in the midst of it. And it wasn't because he was an anti-vaxxer, you yeah. know, he'd be perfectly reasonable with all the vaccine mandates, as we've had for 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 decades. You know, you don't go to public school without showing that you got a polio right. and you got a this and you got a that. And suddenly when it gets politicized by the liars, then you run into the kind of problems. And there are, you know, if we're pushing a million deaths from this, half of those are needless. Half of yeah. them, at least, are needless death. And that's more than any other war except the Civil War. More coming up from our guests. But first, a word from our sponsor. No one succeeds alone. Even the best entrepreneurs know when it's time to bring in an outside expert. With Upwork, you can find top developers, designers, project managers, and more who can start today so your business can succeed tomorrow. You can check work samples, client reviews, and more to make sure you're hiring the right pro for your business and there's no cost until you hire. Plus, you only pay for work you approve. So whether you're looking to hire a single pro for a project or an entire team to scale your business, Upwork can help you reach your goals. And however you hire, Upwork is available to help you keep things running smoothly with 24-7 support, letting you stay focused on what matters, your business. Find the right talent for whatever your business needs are at Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at www.upwork.com. And we're back. You know, I was reading a biography of George Washington, and, uh, you know, he mandated that his troops get inoculated from smallpox. Of course, of course. You know? Yeah, and, and even so did the religious leaders that one of the reasons why Franklin fled uh, New England was a sort of autocratic certainty of Cotton yeah. Mather and the Mather family. Right. But Cotton Mather himself uh, was a proponent of inocu- inoculation. You know why? A black slave in his household told him what they did in Africa. Okay? Wow. <laughs> okay? Give you a little taste of the disease and your body knows how to fight it. Okay, so we it doesn't that upend? Wait a second. Yeah. At the Africa knew this before the great western white civilizations, you know? I mean, just if if you're into white supremacy, just give it up. <laughs> Right. Just give it up. Go back to Cotton Mather. He saves his family's life because of someone he won't pay for the work and service they do to them because they're of a lower uh, value as human beings. Incredible. Incredible. You know, what I, what I love uh, you you telling a story like that in your films is we, we have these, you know, these, these founding fathers and and our country, it's like, it was carved in stone. It just like happened. It was ordained and, and, and God took over and everything worked out great. Um, you know, and it's not like that. (laughs) It's very hard. There's tremendous difficulties. There's tremendous problems. There's problems that persist today, but 
through the, uh, and you make that come alive. And I think it's so inspirational for anyone who's trying to do anything to realize that nothing just happens perfectly and it's done. Um, but I also wonder, you know, of these people that, you know, you get, you, you, you get immerse yourself in their lives. Are there common threads to people that you feel like are just able to push through times and circumstances that might plow over uh, weaker people, for lack of a better word? Well, that's a really wonderful question. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is, as Lincoln said, the last best hope of Earth. This, I believe, was the greatest country on Earth. And I'm tough on it only because if you're saying you're the best, you know, it's like a, a team, right? If you're the best team, you always are honest about where you still need to improve. And every team always needs to improve. And I, that's why I find Texas is mandating history so crazy because their religion in Texas is football. And every Friday night in high school and every Saturday afternoon in college, you got a coach standing up there saying, honestly, look, we sucked on special teams today, or we were good on offense, but terrible on defense. We let them back in. Whatever it is, yeah. you're honest about it. And, and the idea that you would limit uh, our a- aspect to history, we've, we've got to Um, understand that all of these are flawed individuals, that also people that are not bold-faced names are responsible for our republic and what makes it strong. You could say that the Cotton Mather family survived because of this African slave. You could uh, remind people that one of the first casualties, the first deaths uh, in the struggle for independence at the Boston Massacre was Crispus Attucks, a black man, right? Black people have fought in on the side of the patriots as well as the loyalists and the British and, and in every war that we ever found without any uh, herald, without any acknowledgement or bravery. Um, we don't, we, we forget the myriad heroic um, acts of women and of other people who, who, who have escaped this, that underlining, the bold facing of them in history, this simplistic way that we do it. But let us not take away from those great people. They did do great things. And so what we need to do is just tell a fuller story. You know, if you're in on a close-up and you pull out you haven't diminished, you haven't changed, you haven't gotten rid of as the complaint. Somebody says, my heritage, my history. You've just shown a more complete picture. Right, you know, right, people right. are now arguing they're taking away your history. No, no, nobody's taking away any history. We're just telling it a little bit more accurately. Even South Carolina, the birthplace of secession, the first state to secede and had, you know, had a majority African-American population, then, more black people. Um, you know, now its tourism budget is devoted to luring blacks to their state, not just to the white antebellum plantations where you pretend like none of that really, really mattered. Right. You know, of course it mattered. If you're saying you're for freedom and you're holding four score and five years later, four million people out yeah. of freedom and celebrating the greatness of America on the one hand, but the idea that these people can't be free on the other, no wonder you get, end up with a civil war four score and five years later. So it's yeah. just, to me, the more complicated, the more interesting. And to me, that is more inspiring. That's more inspiring. The failings of Thomas Jefferson are super interesting to me because how does this man with omnivorous curiosity not see the hypocrisy or the contradiction and yet distills 
a century of enlightenment thinking into one sentence. To my mind, this, the second greatest sentence in the English language we hold these, it begins, we hold these truths to be self-evident. By the way, he wrote, we hold these truths to be sacred, as you now know. Benjamin Franklin said, no, no, no. It's not about the dogma of religion. Right. These are natural laws. We hold these truths to be self-evident, like the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. And 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 yet, first sentence, by the way, is I love you. The 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 Thanks, Ken. That we don't we don't we 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 feel the need to throw out a Jefferson or to retain him so tightly because you don't want to tell anybody bad. That's what Texas is trying to do. Right. Don't, no, no, no. Don't say anything bad about slavery. It just was this phenomenon, and we freed the slaves and everything's fine. Well, it's not fine. You know, as Chris Rock is fond of saying to his mostly white college audiences when he was out on the road, you know, I'm a multimillionaire and you wouldn't trade places with me for anything. Wow. Because <laughs> you can get shot. Going right. to the grocery store, you can get pulled over and killed. You can, you know, yeah. it's just, and this is still going on and pretending that it isn't is, is, um, it's just, it's just not honest. It means, you know, you sucked on defense, you right? Know? Right. <laughs> special, te- our special teams weren't working. Right. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, to talk a little bit, to, to, to talk a little bit about you as a filmmaker and your craft, um, you know, as we, as we were talking about at the top. Uh, before we started recording, actually, you've got a lot of things going on mm-hmm. at once. Uh, and I think you said that you don't really have a plan of what comes next or, or do you? Did, did, have well, you- I, I know that I'm, I'm scheduled out for the next decade. And, and, but, but you, it's really, and I work and it's really important. These are not, I'm not a one man band. I'm not playing the drums and the cymbals and, you know, grinding the organ. I mean, there are, uh, if you like the films, there are, are, are lots of really wonderfully talented writers and producers and editors who deserve the credit. And if you don't like them, then I'll take, I'll take all the blame, but, but we're, we're ready to process. We're, we're doing this, you know, we're putting our pants on one leg at a time. We're not making judgments. We're not telling you what we already know. We're sharing with you our process of discovery. So this, uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin's coming out in April. We've got a film on the, on youth mental health crisis called Hiding in Plain Sight in June. I'm the executive producer on that, but two of my colleagues have made an extraordinary film that will be, that will save thousands of lives wow. of young people. Yeah. And then we have a film, America and the Holocaust, coming out in the fall. We're working on a history of the buffalo, a biography of a species, but of course, mm. it's a story of the people interacting with them. We're doing a history of the American Revolution to, to kind of tell a much more complex. Benjamin Franklin was kind of not practiced, but a way for us to, to get back into trying to express ourselves in, a, in an era when there are no photographs and there's no footage and that sort of stuff. We're doing a history of Leonardo da Vinci, the first non-American topic I've ever done. We're wow. doing a history of Reconstruction called uh, Emancipation to Exodus. So before Reconstruction period to well after it, the beginning of the Great Migration. And we're doing a history of LBJ and the Great Society. You know, we were so interested uh, uh, in him in a tragic way during the Vietnam series and realized that the reverse of it, you know, we were doing his foreign policy and watching that squash his ambitious domestic agenda. Now we want to do that ambitious domestic agenda and hear off stage the ever increasing din from the the war in Vietnam beginning to um, 
you know, circumscribe that those this incredibly lofty vision of of government's role in people's lives in a positive way in in the way his mentor Franklin Roosevelt did, who's got the greatest legislative accomplishments in the history of the United States presidency, and LBJ has the second greatest. So these are all curious things, wow. and you know, and somewhere along the line will be you know God and funding willing. This is all PBS, the only place where I could have made my films because of the time it takes. Um, we'll be picking out projects beyond that. Well, it sounds like we've got uh, a good 10 years of, of viewing ahead of us. So thank you <laughs> yeah, for that. Be careful what you wish for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you quickly, uh, I know uh, you're, you're a busy man. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, you know, in the past year or so, we've seen these incredible found documentaries like The Summer of Soul and, and Get Back. Uh, do, do any of the founding fathers have Hours and hours of footage laying in a storage <laughs> yeah, facility somewhere. I, I, if anyone in the sound of our voice today <laughs> knows of that, I really want to know right away. Please, please tell us. Yeah. Well, I, I think what happens is, you know, I, I, it's so interesting. We're overloaded with stuff. And sometimes there's a tyranny of choice, just as there is a tyranny of no choice. If you're working, making a visual film about the 18th century and you're not putting actors in it and doing reenactments, then, then you've, you know, you've got some serious challenges, but if you've got, you know, 80,000 times the amount of photographs and footage to fit in, just looking at it can be as tyrannical as not having anything and right, having right. Figured, how, to, how to do that. So we're discovering new things. The presidential tapes of both um, Johnson and Nixon have not all been listened to. They've certainly not all been transcribed and scholars have not been able to sort of um, figure out the dynamics of this in a way. So there's lots to be discovered. You know, we tend to think of the past as fixed, but, you know, I can just tell you in my little tiny world, it's as malleable as can be as new information arrives, as new scholarship puts things together, as we begin to focus on that bottom up as well as top down story. And we then begin to figure out that the, the diary or the letters of the subservient person it, are often if not as important, they give you a much better perspective on that person whose work you think it's all about. And that's that's exciting to me that 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 it can all change. I mean, we made a film on the history of baseball in the early 90s, and Jackie Robinson was at the center of it. And then at the request of his widow, who pestered me forever and ever, God bless Rachel Robinson, who's still alive, 99 years old, uh, been without him longer than she was with him wow. um, because he died at 53. looks like he's 80 when he dies, but it's the load that he carried. Uh, we made a film that came out, I think, in 2016. And we had already learned that we had promoted in the baseball series some stuff that didn't happen, that it was just conventional mm -hmm. wisdom that Pee Wee Reese and visiting Cincinnati put his arm around him to show that he was in solidarity. And Pee Wee Reese was from across the river in Kentucky. He grew up. That never happened. Huh. Never happened. It was just us white people wanting to have no pun intended skin in the game. Right. And so we appropriated some of Jackie Robinson's great and very solitary courage. And so when you tell it the other way, it suddenly becomes more interesting. Why do we make up stories this way? Why, what is it necessary for us to go back and realize, you know, as Pee Wee himself said, I did not shake the hand of a black man until I met Jackie Robinson in the Brooklyn clubhouse. Hmm. Like, like, what? You know? And his father was a railroad detective and showed him the tree where they hung um, black hobos that they found 
Wow. And, you know, the white ones were given a beaten and, you know, sent along their way. But I mean, you know, this is, this is, we've got a complicated history. It's glorious. It's tragic. It's all of those things. And, and it's nothing to quit in favor of the simplistic narratives that, that like baby food are being fed to us now. I mean, we graduate from baby food as soon as we can chew. And the fact that we're back, you know, just gumming this information is just a horrific, it just portends a horrific fate for us. Uh, wow. Uh, not surprisingly, extremely well said, Ken Burns. That was, uh, that's, that's an incredible metaphor. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to ask, are we going to see Ken Burns floating around in the metaverse anytime soon? <laughs> God help me. No, I've already <laughs> said that. I thought that Zuckerberg should be in jail, <laughs> that he's an enemy of the people. I still believe that, um, you know, so I don't think they're going to let me in, yeah. <laughs> let alone, you know, uh, whether I would sneak in surreptitiously. No, you know what? This, this, um, this world here is so beautiful and in its natural components and even in its built components, the other people in our lives are so compelling. We've got just as big a job as possible as to submit ourselves, literally surrender to the larger thing of creation and to try to treat other people as we would like to be treated. It's just the only thing. It's it's a part of every religion. It's part of every rational construct as well. And it's just, it's really clearly, you know, looking at Ukraine, looking at you know, the politics in the United States, looking at the violence towards people um, seems difficult, but not impossible. A friend of mine sent a picture of an African-American holding um, a Ku Klux Klan hood and, and robe. And he had befriended one of the grand wizards and just spoke to him, didn't challenge him, became friends with him. Finally, the guy gave up his hatred and huh. gave his robe away and renounced all of that hatred. And it just huh. tells you that the teachings of almost every one of our religions around the world have been exactly right. It's hard to do that, but it's the only way, the only way. There's no them. There's only us. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ken, for for all the incredible work you've done and for some inspiring words here today. And I'll just remind everyone that Benjamin Franklin comes out April 4th and 5th on PBS and their streaming platforms. Always amazing talking to you, my friend. And uh, I can't wait to see all those incredible things you're working on. Yeah, 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 right. 10 years. Come on. Come on. Yeah, We're trying. We're trying. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. It's been great <laughs> to right. be with you. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.